Coming to you from the summer headquarters of Nipti Radio, high atop 107 Columbia, in our Al Fresco recording studios, where the thermometer is pushing ever so close to 70 degrees, welcome! Today, backed by popular demand, we will be discussing repugnant verdicts and how to avoid them. Verdicts are repugnant if the crime for which the defendant is acquitted is conclusive as to one of the elements of the crime for which he or she was convicted. For example, a conviction for a robbery in the third degree would be repugnant to an acquittal for pettit larceny where both charges are based on the same theft. Since the jury has acquitted on one of the elements, stealing property, that is found in the crime for which the defendant was convicted, forcible stealing, the verdicts are repugnant. So says People v. Tucker and People v. DeLee, both from the Court of Appeals. In determining if the verdicts are repugnant, you must look at the language of the judge's charge to the jury on the various elements of the crimes. You do not consider the actual facts of the case, nor do you consider how the penal law defines these crimes. For example, suppose two defendants were on trial for a robbery in the second degree, aided by another actually present and the judge instructed the jury that in order to convict either defendant of the charge, the jury must find both defendants guilty. He or she further charges that if they acquit one, then they can only convict the other of robbery in the third degree. Now this is not correct, but if the jury was so charged, and they were to acquit one defendant and then convict the other of robbery in the second degree despite the judge's instruction, the verdicts would be repugnant. This is exactly what happened in the case of People v. Hampton, a New York Court of Appeals decision from 1984, where the court determined, in fact, that the verdict of robbery 2 had to be modified to robbery 3. The reason why these would be repugnant verdicts is because the acquittal of one of the defendants, based on the judge's charge, would be conclusive as to one of the elements required for the conviction of the other defendant. That is, as the judge charged, both must be convicted in order to convict either one. Thus, a repugnant verdict that must be modified. Here is an example of a correct charge that precluded a finding of a repugnant verdict even though the facts of the case would make it appear, in fact, to be repugnant. In the case of People v. Rivera, from the first department in 2007. The defendant was charged with felony murder and robbery. The felony murder was based on the robbery. The jury acquitted of the robbery charge, but convicted of the felony murder. In looking at the facts of the case, this would seem to be repugnant. But looking at the judge's charge, the acquittal is not conclusive as to any of the elements of the felony murder. The reason for this is that the judge charged the jury that to find felony murder, the jury must find either a completed robbery or an attempted robbery. Therefore, the acquittal for the completed robbery was not conclusive as to an attempted robbery. While seeming to be factually illogical since there was no attempted robbery in the case, it is not legally inconsistent because the facts of the case are not used in determining the repugnancy. And therefore, the verdicts stand as not repugnant. Another example of an illogical but not repugnant verdict is found if the jury convicts a defendant of robbery in the third degree 
and at the same time acquits the defendant of grand larceny from the person, a lesser crime, but not a lesser included offense of robbery in the third degree. While these verdicts would appear illogical, the acquittal of the defendant for grand larceny is not conclusive in negating either one of the elements of the robbery. Grand larceny from the person has an element that is not found in the robbery charge, from the person. Therefore, the verdict on the grand larceny is not conclusive that the jury negated the stealing property element by acquitting on the grand larceny charge. Put another way, if a defendant is acquitted on a lesser included offense and convicted on the greater offense, you are assured that one or more of the elements of the greater offense has been negated by the acquittal on the lesser included offense. The reason it is a lesser included offense is because all of the elements in the lesser are found in the greater. However, when it is a lesser but not lesser included offense, there are additional elements in the lesser crime. Therefore, it is not conclusive as to negating one of the elements in the greater crime. Factual inconsistency of verdicts is not the same as legal inconsistency for determining repugnant verdicts. The reason for analyzing potential repugnant verdicts in this fashion is that a jury may decide to exercise the mercy function in acquitting a defendant on some, but not all, the charges, despite the fact that it may be illogical. Thus, it is impossible for the court to attempt to look into the minds of the jurors and determine their logic in returning what in reality is an illogical verdict. Rather, the court simply analyzes whether or not the jury has properly followed the court's instructions as to the elements of the crimes and how to consider them. The defense must raise the issue of repugnancy before the jury is disbanded. If it fails to do so, it has waived the issue and repugnancy cannot be a subject of the appeal. If it is timely raised, the court must then instruct the jury on its error, and then they must continue to deliberate until they reach a verdict consistent with the court's charge, or are unable to do so. The court must instruct pursuant to CPL section 310.50 subdivision 2. See also People v. Alfaro, a court of appeals case from 1985. The best way to avoid repugnant verdicts is to be sure that the judge charges the jury to deliberate on the lesser-included offenses only in the alternative. This means that the jury can only consider the lesser-included offenses if they have acquitted on the greater offense. The primary source of repugnant verdicts does in fact come from juries being permitted to consider lesser-included offenses at the same time that they are considering the greater offense. The second biggest problem comes from the court not charging the jury correctly on the law. You must be on your toes during the charge to assure that you are in a position to identify any misstatements by the court so that they can be corrected before the jury begins its deliberations. Please be sure to read the practice tip, which has the case law citations and statutory authority for all of the issues discussed here, as well as the full memo entitled Repugnant Verdicts, which can also be found in the PE. Our thanks as always to our crack producer, Jonathan Marconi Crespino. To all of you out there, be well and stay ready, my friends. Music